myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn your luck back And it's all in the past Hi and welcome to a pre-recorded edition of NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith and Mick Lowe's. And it is today that we find out who Mick's dream team is. Uh, we've done a lot of these <laughs> over the last uh, over the last couple I, of years. I don't think we should say dream team because obviously there are one or two others who would be real dream players. This is my player. That's yeah. this, is, this, is, this is my eleven. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is something I've eagerly anticipated, I've got to be honest, and, and it's always good to get your views on Newcastle as it is now, but to yeah. hear the players that have made a mark on you, Mick, is, uh, is interesting. So, as always, uh, we start off um, with the goalkeeper, and uh, well, who have you got? Who have you, go on. Well, shall we first say that for number one priorities are, my time there was from 1991 yeah. to, to 2016. So there are 25 years between 91 and 2016. Okay. Uh, the, other, the other things I would I will mention is it has nothing to do with how long the player was at Newcastle United. So you don't have to have played a minimum of 50 games or 100 games. It doesn't matter if you played 10 games or you played 300 games. You played for Newcastle United when I was there as a commentator. And the other thing we need to be very careful is it is purely, purely personal because a lot of these players either fell out with supporters or fell out with managers or fell out with you or fell out with me. Whoever they fell out with, whatever reasons why they left Newcastle United, it doesn't matter. They were there at the time they were there when I was a commentator and I chose these 11 as the best 11 um, that I saw over the 25 years. So let's let's just put that into context now, because as we all know, Steve, football's about opinions. And I think the second man on the list, I'll probably have people jumping up and down straight away. Um, but let's let's have a go. Let's find out what uh, what we've got. OK, who's your goalkeeper then, Mick? Well, the goalkeeper is 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 the most bleeding obvious of, of the whole lot. And, and I suspect that any Newcastle United player, uh, manager, uh, supporter, whoever, for the last however many years um, would have deemed to be the best uh, goalkeeper in, in Newcastle in, in recent years is, of course, Shea Given. I mean, had Shea um, not ended uh, his career at Newcastle, he would now be the all-time appearance maker um, at St. James's Park. He's 460-odd games, whatever it was. You know, Jimmy Lawrence, the great keeper, um, he would have beaten his record. He would have beaten, of course, everybody's record. So Shea Given uh, is undoubtedly uh, my number one pick in terms of Newcastle United goalkeeper. Uh, uh, those of worthy mention, I think of the two who um, obviously were there most of the time that I was there, uh, were, of course, Stephen Harper and Tim Krull. So Tim and, uh, and Stevie Harper um, were, were and would have been outstanding contenders at any other club and at any other time other than at Newcastle United um, than Shea, because, you know, Shea was there for such a long time. He was there as a young man. He grew as a young man. He became an outstanding footballer. Uh, and the other thing I need to, 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 to mention about this eleven, I know it is predominantly about footballers, 
but it's also about people because I, I'm a big, as you know, I'm a big man for for people rather than persons and footballers in terms of their ability as much as their 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 what they are as a human being. And Shay Given, like a lot of this list, is a human being, a very meaningful human being. So he, as I say, he, he arrived as a young man, Kenny Dalgleish. Another, you know, another one. There's a few in this in this side picked by Kenny, who again a lot of people didn't really enjoy as a as a manager at Newcastle, but actually made some outstanding signings, and probably of the of the two or three that he made, this might be the longest standing of the lot. I mean, an outstanding signing. Um, he was at Celtic as a kiddie. Uh, Kenny knew him at Celtic, and then of course was at Blackburn Rovers. Um, had a spell at Sunderland as well, but it was at Blackburn that, that Kenny Dalglish moved him um, from Ewood Park um, to Newcastle. And from then on in, he was just an outstanding, outstanding player. Um, and as I say, a very, you know, a very, very good man. Good man about the dressing room. Loved the night out, loved the town, loved the North East, got married to the North East, um, you know, had... One or two incidents had that terrible injury at uh, at West Ham United. I can remember going down to the dressing rooms uh, to get the post-match interviews at Upton Park. That's the old Upton Park. And all I could hear was the screaming, and it was screaming, of uh, Shea Given waiting for an ambulance to go and collect him and take him to hospital because he'd ruptured his bowel um, after a clash with Marlon Harewood, you'll remember, uh, at the tail end of the tail end of the pitch, tail end of the match. Um, so he, you know, he he had some incidents, Shea Given, but uh, absolutely fantastic, fantastic person. Still see him now. Still gets back to the tune. So without a shadow of a doubt, um, Shea Given is our number one uh, goalkeeper in this eleven. Great stuff. Okay, at the top of the program, you mentioned um, there may be a few people having their arms in the air with your right back selection. Um, I've got to be honest; it raised I raised my eyebrows. So uh, go on, put the public out of their misery. Oh, okay, the the right back because I think I mentioned in our last podcast um, of the entire eleven that the two hardest characters to find uh, have been the two fullbacks because. <clears throat> Fullbacks, in many ways, are a bit the unlimited, you know, the, the the unsung heroes. In many ways, they just tuck away at right back. They get away steady. They do it at left back. They do the same job. So at right back, you know, we've we've had some some really good. I mean, the the, the two most notable players in my day, back in the day, originally was Warren Barton, of course, and Stevie Watson. And you know, Stephen was a you know a a, a bit of a. A bit of this, a bit of that, a bit of the other, but you know, but he played right back, centre back, played centre forward that time at uh, at Anfield, of course. But Bugsy, what you know, you know, Bugsy Warren Barton was 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 very much a right back, and was a was a fine player. Um, and there were others as well, plenty of them. But the guy who I really liked and really impressed, he was only there for barely two years, and it was late on to my career. Um, was a Dutch international by the name of Daryl Janmat. And Daryl Janmat was signed uh, from Feyenoord uh, by Alan Pardew. Um, he was a real, real strong fullback. Got forward, got back, defended. At the time, as I say, he was he was a he was a top top um, Dutch international. I think his first season, he was the uh, Newcastle United Supporters Trust Player of the Year. 
He was the Northeast Football Writers Player of the Year. So the first season was going swimmingly for Daryl uh, Yanmat. But a bit like one or two other players in this eleven, and with life politically at Newcastle United, it suddenly got a bit pear-shaped in the second half. The second half, the 2015-2016, the was the relegation season. Um, uh, and he fell out with one or two people. He fell out with supporters. He fell out with other players. There was a famous uh, uh, incident at, at, at Southampton. And yet, uh, the final game of his of his tenure, and it was, as I say, only two years, was that final game of the season against Tottenham Hotspur when, when Newcastle, even though they were getting relegated, uh, won 5-1. Um, and he not only added an assist, he also added a, a, a goal as well. He only scored three times in, in two years. Um, but he got a goal on his final season and then he moved elsewhere to Watford. Never, ever really got to the same level that he was at Newcastle United. But as I say, I just really liked him. And again, as a human being, interviewing him, talking about him. If you talk to the to the Northeast football uh, writers about the night that he turned up at the uh, the hotel in Durham, um, and how pleased and how proud he was to be footballer or you know um, journalist uh, player of the year uh, for the Northeast, he was you know he just loved the Northeast. Uh, but as I say, it went a little bit wrong. It went a little bit of awry. But uh, Daryl Yanmat would be my uh, would be my right back there. Okay, uh, look, let's look at the centre half positions. We've got two of those to choose from. Um, we've found that a lot of play, a lot of people who've done Dream Team on here have, have picked, you know, similar similar pairings. Um, yes. What about what about you? Give us your first. Give us your first centre half. My first one is is one of these where um, a lot of people argue that maybe you should. Um, you should never approach uh, or, or never fit and pick players who didn't play enough games at the at the, at the football club. I mean, Tony Green was the famous, famous case. Um, and there have been one or two others as well. Um, and this lad just didn't play enough football. He didn't. He was injured when he first started, signed by Bobby Robson. Um, uh, and he was injured at the death as well before he was eventually signed by Real Madrid. But I think if you talk about other footballers, never mind me, never mind supporters, never mind journalists, never mind managers, it was it was Sir Bobby who signed him. I think every one of them will tell you that this guy was quality. So Jonathan Woodgate is my um, one of my two centre-backs um, for Newcastle United. Signed, of course, uh, by Leeds, that really, really good Leeds side the young emerging lead side, which was threatening all sorts of things, uh, that sort of got broken up. And as a, reason, it, as, a, as a result, it got broken up. One or two players left elsewhere. Um, and so Bobby managed to persuade him to come across. Nine million. So at the time, we were paying quite a lot of money for him. Um, but we got our money back on him, obviously, for, for, for Real Madrid. But he just didn't, didn't, didn't play enough money by... Uh, uh, any anything like him, never scored a goal. I mean, he was never a great goal scorer anyway, would he? But, um, you know, he just didn't play enough money. Um, and I always remember as well the, the famous story and, 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 and the almost the irony and the uh, and, and, and it sort of sums up Jonathan Woodgate and how much he was a loss to Newcastle was his finest performance for me was in the UEFA Cup game against uh, Olympic Marseille with Drogba. 
Um, we get the nil-nil against Marseille at St James's, and Woodgate was brilliant against Drogba. And Shearer had already penciled in, let's get Drogba in as my replacement as a centre forward. This is how good this lad, you know, Drogba is. The apolo- the, 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 the the shame was that the second leg in the south of France. He was injured again, Jonathan Woodgate. So we missed the second leg. We lost against Marseille, of course. And we went out in Europe against uh, Marseille. Drogba, in turn, ended up at Chelsea as well. We missed out on potentially Drogba signing as a replacement to Shearer. And then again, about a month later, Woodgate went to um, went to, 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 um, to Real Madrid. So it, it, was a, it was a crying shame, crying shame. Um, but an absolutely fabulous player. Um, and he would very definitely be one of my two um, centre-backs in the so, uh, in the 25 years. So who's alongside him then, Mick? So the alongside him is a sort of, it, it, it's the sort of extreme, isn't it? It's, it's you've got the guy who, who didn't play an awful lot of football to a guy who was very much a long stay. You know, he was, he was captain. Um, he was very much a leader. Um, he organised football. He organised players. He's a very, very good player. Argentinian international um, had been at the likes of Boca Juniors. We signed him from Deportivo La Coruña. But Fabrizio Colaccini was an absolutely outstanding um, centre back. As I say, it was it was as much about his captaincy um, and 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 just the way that he organised um, the football team. Um, obviously had a uh, had a very you know um, a very good relationship with Jonas Gutierrez um, and the two Argentinians together were thick as thieves. But even then, you know, he would he would he would find time to sort everybody out at the club. So so Colo w- was very much. But again, he was another one who sort of went in and out and and fell a little bit from. And 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 don't forget that a lot of this um, a lot of these players will be of Mike Ashley and Mike Ashley's era when a lot of players were getting, you know, uncomfortable about what was doing, what was being done behind the scenes, what was doing in terms of contracts, etc. So Colo, you know, towards the end got very messy. You know, one minute he wanted to leave, then he didn't want to leave. His father was involved at the football club. But in terms of a footballer and what a pairing that is as well, you know, Right side and left side, Jonathan Woodgate and Fabrizio Colaccini. Great pairing of centre-backs for Newcastle. Yeah, no doubt about that. Is there a captain amongst those two or not? Uh, is there a captain amongst those two? You didn't ask me that. It's a very good question. Uh, looking down at my team, no. The okay. Captain, the, cap, the, captain, the captain is yet to come. <laughs> the captain will be somebody else. Who has to be the captain? <laughs> and, you, and you and you and you try telling him he's not the captain. By the way, I love it. I love it. Okay, so your right back was a bit of con- a bit controversial. Yeah, um, is your left back controversial? The left back, I think, is less controversial. And funnily enough, you, you, you generally find, as you know, and we all know, with footballers, you tend to get left sided players than you do right sided players. You know, you, you 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 they're like gold dust left sided footballers whether they be midfielders, whether they be strikers, whether they be centre-backs, even whether they be a goalkeeper who can kick the ball off on his left. Not too many kick the ball well on their left. So having said that we, you know, mix, I had to sort of really have a big decision on right-back. Left-back was harder in some ways, but better in others. 
because there were some really good left backs in there. I, 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 you know, I mean, you, Didier Domi was a really, really good player. Oh, by the way, I should mention Habib Bay. Habib Bay was close to me at right back. But at left back, you know, we've got the David Santon. Alessandro Pistoni was a very good player as well, Pistoni, the, the, the Italian. Um, Olivia Bernard, of course. You know, there was there were some very good left backs and have some very good left backs. But the one I've gone for uh, is a Spaniard uh, who uh, his nickname was the Bull. And he was a bull because he was a bull of a man. Um, he'd get forward. He was a good defender. Didn't score too many goals. Scored one goal only um, against Nottingham Forest. But was at Newcastle for, for six years or so um, and played very, very well. And then moved, of course, to Liverpool. Another one who was sort of not forced to move on, but chose to move on. And that is uh, Jose Enrique. So Jose Enrique is my... Uh, uh, choice at, at left back, good player, signed from uh, Villarreal, was previously um, at Valencia, and then, as I say, uh, went to Liverpool. Um, has had one or two problems of late, but is is back and is fit again, um, and is a real good lad again. He was quite he was, of of the of the eleven. Um, he's probably the quiet man. Um, I'm, I'm you know I'm just looking at that that back four of Jan Matt, um, Woodgate, Colaccini. They're, I mean, they're not shrinking violets, although, you know, um, Colo could be a little bit quiet. But uh, Jose Enrique was a quiet boy, quiet, got on with his job, got on with his work, um, was a was a was a very, very good player. So uh, left back is is Jose Enrique. OK, good stuff. That's your goalkeeper and your back four uh, sorted out uh, in the midfield now. So let's go on to the, the right side of midfield first, Mick. Who's who's on the right side? Right, right sided midfield uh, and and midfield. I mean, we could. I mean, there is an absolute gallon of them to choose from. Um, there's no point. I'll I'll just throw the odd list in every now and then, or every name every now and then. There weren't weren't too many actually outstanding wide on the right because um, this guy is actually in the eleven, but he's not in the eleven. He started out at wide right, but I've moved him into the middle because you have to move him. But again, wide right. This is a lad who actually used to play at fullback right hand side for his country and still played for Peru um, during his time at Newcastle when he wasn't playing fullback. And that is, of course, the fantastic Norberto Solano. So Nobby Solano gets my pick right hand side, um, 40 odd goals. Um, Two spells at the club, of course. Another one who who, who fell out of, of love with the game, um, got moved to Aston Villa, then came back to Aston Villa. Loved, loved um, Newcastle United. Absolutely loved Newcastle United, Nobby. Um, and as I say, was such a good player, such a clever player. You know, you remember the little maestro, the, the nickname that was... Um, uh, given to him by Madonna, uh, Madonna, Maradona, um, when he was at when he was at Boca Juniors, um, and then the famous story, of course, about his wedding in Peru actually being, you know, played out on national TV. I mean, this is how big this guy was. You know, his entire tele his entire wedding was on national television. But he came here. I always remember a um, famous famous story from. Gary Speed, who again will come on to him um, because he was 
uh, in, he was up. I mean, he, he was not only the provider for, for for Speedo, he was the provider for Alan, he was the provider for so many Nobby Solano. But I always remember um, uh, Gary Speed saying, you know, when they when they arrived, his his first morning, nobody thought they thought he was on the wrong. They thought, they thought he was on his wrong on the wrong boots. You know, he, he couldn't he couldn't kick the ball. He his left looked left, his his right looked left, and his left looked right. Um, he was all over the place. They wondered who he was. He was a waif and stray of a player. But that was another thing about Nobby. You know, he wasn't the biggest in the world, but strong, right? You know, determination, right idea. Got got English football. Um, was the first ever Peruvian, of course, uh, of of any sort um, at, at English football level. So uh, Nobby Solano, right hand side, uh, gets my pick. Fantastic. Okay, um, let's go on to the left-hand side of midfield. Who's over there? Left side, again, uh, we, I mean, we've been talking of late, haven't we, about um, ASM. Uh, prior to that, we had Lauren Robert. Prior to that, we had uh, Hatton Ben Arthur. All sorts of contenders, uh, left-hand side and predominantly French. But the most famous and probably the best French of the lot was Ginola. So David Ginola. Uh, gets my pick in terms of uh, of of, of left hand side signed from Paris Saint Germain signed of course um, by Kevin Keegan but a bit like Jonathan Woodgate only was there for for two years um, or so um, was obviously an integral part of the ninety five ninety six side and like one or two others in that side you know his 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 heart was broken by the fact that Newcastle didn't win. That championship. There was, of course, talk at the time um, that Bobby Robson wanted to sign him at, at Barcelona. He wasn't allowed to go, or he didn't go to Barcelona. Um, and then, of course, Kevin Keegan left. Um, uh, and having been sort of a little bit uh, put out of his put out of his nose by by Barcelona, and then, of course, you know the guy who signed him, um, uh, who he was very very close to to KK. Uh, once Kevin left, you know Ginola. You know he was he was off, and uh, Tottenham Hotspur was signed in no time at all. But again, going back to the argument about Jan Matt and 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 there are a couple of others who have to leave the football club for reasons that some choose to, some don't choose to, some have to, some didn't have to. You know, regardless of whether whether um, he he left the football club, what he did for that time was absolutely phenomenal. And I will have to say, uh, Steve, of all the goals, of all the goals uh, I saw for 25 years, my favourite goal is still, still Genoa's, uh, Ginola's goal against Ferenc uh, Varus. So Ferenc Varus, when he's lifted the ball up one way, he's pulled it back the other one, and then he's volleyed it into the back of the net uh, at the Gallagher. So, so Ginola's goal against Ferenc Varus, still my favourite goal. And Ginola still for me the best left-sided consistently didn't play an awful lot, but consistently didn't do a lot of defending, but consistently was a great player getting forward. 
Okay, big shout out to our sponsor, SpiderVPN, for all your internet security. Google SpiderVPN, they come up at the top of the Google search list. They are the boys to trust. Thanks to skipsandbins.com, telephone 0800 2545 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com, website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pays you go waste collection. Thanks to LNG Family Funeral Directors, 01913897245, and a Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD Hemp, and Cannabinoid Specialists, www.thgohd.com. Thanks to Arcot Interiors for all your kitchen necessities, Google Arcot Interiors. They come up at the top of the Google search list, and you can find them on Heaton Road, Newcastle. Thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle, and the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. Thanks to Klikai, meet the new game over screen, drop into a Clearun device near you. You can get that on Apple Store, Google Play, and Clearun.game. Check out Jab Signature, jabsignature.co.uk. And thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the video technology. If you want to subscribe to the channel, and we um, are on seven days a week, hit the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right-hand corner, and you can subscribe for free. Hit the thumb up to like the video. Click share to share to your social media and drop into the comments box to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean and other podcast providers. Usually goes up 24 hours after the show is finished. And uh, if you subscribe to the channel, you can claim a free and UFC Matters car sticker. Just go to the website, nufcmatters.com. And we also support the food bank on this program, nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk. The match day bucket is operational all year round. Just make a virtual donation today to help the food bank. Uh, just a shout out as well for the event that we're having at the Marlborough Social Club. Tickets are a tenner from newcastlelegends.com. Saturday the 9th of April, 12 noon, myself, Gibbo, Supermac and Holly will be talking uh, Newcastle United on stage. And don't forget, if you're a member... Uh, then you can claim a pair of tickets for that event for free. Uh, just go to nufcmatters.com to become a member, and uh, you will also receive a scarf, a pen, a membership card, and a cup. And uh, don't forget as well, the Alan Shearer raffle is still ongoing. Win two VIP tickets for the event, which takes place at St. James's Park on the 7th of April in the barracks. Uh, two VIP tickets worth over £500 uh, are available. £5 a ticket for the raffle, and nufcmatters.com uh, is the place to go to to enter that raffle. If you want to buy a ticket for the event, then just go to the website, 260dinner.co.uk. And don't forget, the women are at St. James's Park on the 1st of May. The women's football team playing Barnsley. Tickets are £3. Get yourself up there to the ground. It will be good to support the ladies' team uh, in their first competitive match at St. James's Park. Okay, uh, on to the next midfield player. So let's go with one of your central midfield players now, Mick. Yeah. Um, as I say, an absolute bucketful, a bucketful of midfield players. I mean, my your great friend, my great friend, and, and dearly loved him as a player and, and still now. Lee Clark would have been, you know, he would have been in many, many sides. You've got, you know, you've got David Batty in there. You've got Diddy Herman, Kieran Dyer. I love I loved Kieran Dyer. I had a lot, a lot of time for Kieran Dyer. Um, you know, there's been some very, very good midfield players. But it's it's really tough to find these two because these two are just outstanding footballers, but outstanding people as well. And the service that they gave um, and everything they did about Newcastle United 
just speaks quality. One's right side, one's left side. The right-sided one was signed in 1992 for £700,000 because, of course, he was told that Newcastle is closer to Middlesbrough after he'd had uh, a long, long spell already at, at, at Charlton uh, Athletic. But Robert Lee, Bob Lee, Robbie Lee, for me, pound for pound, pound for pound, without no doubt whatsoever for me, the best, best signing that Newcastle United ever made for me and probably, I would argue, have ever made, ever made. For what he did, I mean, he's he's ended up playing, you know, close to 400, 400 appearances. He's scored over 50 games. He's done everything. He's, he's played wide on the right. He's then played in the middle. He can score goals. He puts the corner in for Shearer for our only real Wembley moment for the semi-final against Chelsea. But Robert Lee is just an absolute standing. He's a, an absolute diamond for, for Newcastle United. You know, he still is absolutely varied uh, at, the, at the football ground. Um, as I say, plenty of goals. Most famous ones, remember the, remember the hat-trick against Antwerp. My famous one um, is one he's stuck in the top corner from about 30 yards, and of all places, Coventry City. Absolutely picked it up from about halfway, walked, strolled, as he liked to do a bit, uh, about 10 or 15 yards, and then just unleashed this thing uh, in the top corner. But what a player. And and as I say, you know, great pals with, with Alan Shearer, of course, got about everybody, knew about everybody, liked about everybody, ran the football club. Again, a quiet man in many ways, you know, going back to, to Enrique and Colo. He wasn't a particularly demonstrative person, but what a player. What a player Robert Lee is. I mean, it out, went on, of course, to, to play for England. Kevin Keegan, I mean, just Kevin Keegan was a godsend for him. You know, one minute you're playing at Charlton Athletic, the next minute you don't really know where Newcastle is, but he, he, he he's brave enough to, to say to his family, right, we'll go to, we'll go to Newcastle. There's something might be happening here. What a career he had. And uh, Robert Lee, absolutely outstanding. Absolutely no doubts whatsoever about putting him in. He, you know, he's one, of your, he's one of your top three, isn't he? Top four. If anybody picks your all-time Newcastle 11, you have to put that fella in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, he's in many, many teams uh, that other people have picked on this uh, particular show. So who's alongside him? Who, uh, who makes up that midfield quartet? Well, again, alongside him, because again, same, same, same person, same human being, say, same everything. You know, they were mates together. They were golfers together. Um, and Gary Speed, you know, and again, left sided as well. So you've got you've got Robert Lee right side. You've got Gary Speed left side. And, you know, talking about, you know, I'm talking about memories of 25 years, you know, without 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 any doubt whatsoever the saddest the saddest day of my time at at, uh, at Newcastle was was the day that um, that Gary Speed lost lost us because that was beyond belief beyond belief but what he did for for Newcastle United how much he loved Newcastle United you know signed from signed from Everton who were his boyhood uh, boyhood team of course um having already been at Leeds United where he'd won a, a championship with Howard Wilkinson um, but uh, but decided that he wanted to go to Newcastle. Absolutely loved Newcastle United. But again, I remember rem two little memories of, uh, of of Speedo. I remember late on in his career, 
I did a desert island disc with him at um, at the BBC. We sat up one summer afternoon because there was there was nothing happening. Uh, we wanted to fill bits and bobs about um, you know football for people to listen to during the summer, and it was towards his towards the the, the tail end of his uh, of his time. And he was and he was I wouldn't say he was annoyed, but he was he was getting frustrated. Nobby, he was his big pal, had had to leave the football club, but then subsequently came back. And I think he knew, I think he knew he was going to have to leave. And it was, again, breaking his heart to leave Newcastle United. But doing this afternoon with Desert Island Discs and he was he was playing the kinks and he was playing the jam and he was playing a bit of Jimi Hendrix because he liked to play his guitar. Uh, and I've still got it and I, and I listen to it every now and then. And it's a fabulous hour just talking about his life um, and how just how rounded he is. Um, and what a what a person he is, uh, Gary Speed. Absol absolutely fantastic. Absolutely uh, amazing, amazing human being. Um, and so, so sadly lost to us. So, yeah, but he plays, um, he'll play left side uh, alongside Robert Lee. Okay, great stuff. So, only the uh, front two to go. Um, who's first? <laughs> who's first up who's top? First? Which, which two of these is going to fight over it? Which, <laughs> which, which is the surprise state? Which is the surprise news? Uh, there is no surprise news because they are geniuses, absolute geniuses, um, without a shadow of a doubt. Did manage to play a little bit together, but uh, funnily enough, when we met and we did the night with uh, the afternoon with one of them not long ago, he, he talked about how much he dearly would have loved to have played a lot more, and I think Alan would have tried likewise but I'll, I'll i'll not even do them singly i'll do them together alan shearer and peter beardsley alan shearer and peter beardsley are my pairing um shearer without i mean it's almost almost uh beyond words you know it's almost pointless of me saying anything about bob about about um um about alan shearer you heard me just gently accidentally say Bobby there I'll tell you why I said Bobby because um amongst all the other things and all the stories and all the times we spent together um I was really honored um to be asked for uh, they they put three of the media into a little um a little a few words about Alan's uh testimony testimonial brochure do you know yeah. Um, and it's a testimonial game against Celtic. So if you read the brochure, I think Martin Tyler says a few words. I think somebody from the Sun says a few words. Um, and somebody asked me to say a few words. And I still have it and I still say it because I was lucky enough in, in 1990 and for two or three years to work with Bobby Moore. Um, and I remember saying in that uh, in that testimonial brochure, the, 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 the best way of me talking about how great Shearer is it's a, it is that he is almost peas in a pod to, to Bobby Moore the, the way the similarity they have the way that they they treat princes with paupers the way that they get uh, they have a rounded sense they don't lose their head um, they treat people properly they are good proper human beings and then on top of that they are outstanding, outstanding footballers who then, of course, go on to be England captains. So, so my, my, you know, the, 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 the best thing I could ever say about Alan Shearer is that, that Bobby Moore and he 
would have been that if they sat in a room together, the pair of those two, what a conversation they would have because they would they are just godness, absolute godlike footballers. So, you know, to, regardless, forget that the 206 record breaking. Um, I, I, I still remember my commentary of the Portsmouth goal, which gives me goosebumps the, the day that he, he, he broke Jackie's record. Um, but he's just a proper, proper person. And he's still doing it now. He's doing it for the media. And more importantly, he's doing it for his home as his house as well. So he's, 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 he's putting a little bit back um, to society as well. So Alan Shearer is one. Beardsley, again, talk about the, the time theatre um, when we were together um, a month or so ago. Just listen to him. Just listen to him. Just talk about the fact that he's in factories and he's, he's trying to get a break at Cambridge. He's trying to get a break here. He's trying to get a break there. He can't get a break to save his life, but he keeps going. He keeps surviving. He keeps trying to get it. He goes to Vancouver. He goes, you know, he gets a, a, a little bit of a chance at Manchester United, but it doesn't work. He goes, he goes to Carlisle and eventually he gets a, he gets a break at Newcastle. And then all of a sudden, and he turns out to be again, and again, in going back to the World Cup finals in 1990, you know, very much part of that as well. But but what a player, what a player. Two times at Newcastle, of course. So again, you know, he's not only a great player, he's a great player of of one era and a great player of another era. I mean, how good is that? That you go there as a young man and you impress the Waddles and the Keegans and the McDermott's of the world who look at you and think, Cool, blimey, this kid's not bad. And then however many minutes, however many years later, what is it, nearly 20 years later, or not 20 years, but, you know, 15 years later, 10 years later, he then suddenly gives the ammunition to Andy Cole and he starts making the younger players at Newcastle in, in, in 1993, makes it work there as well. And, and, and KK finds him again, gets him back. And again, you just you just wish you'd had you just wish you'd had 10 years of him back in the 90s uh, in the same way that I'm sure in the 80s. They wanted him 10 years in the 80s. But in between times, he goes to Liverpool, he goes to Everton, he plays England. Absolutely outstanding, outstanding player. Will, and, and interestingly, interestingly, the one thing I would say is in, in all my time at, um, at Newcastle, he was the only one. He was the only one who split Shearer. If you met the lads, if you met the lads, who's your player? Who's your player? Big Al, Big Al. You'd always get one or two. Pedro. Pedro was the better. Pedro was the better. And it's a great, it's a great discussion and a great talking point. And honestly, if you, if you are close to Shearer and if you're a, a, an intelligent fan, as Newcastle United fans are intelligent, if they are, have got an argument that says Peter Beardsley is the all-time great, he's the GOAT, not Alan Shearer, then you have to listen to them. Um, he's been an absolute star of a player. So, so Shearer and Beardsley, what a pair, what a pair. Fantastic parent. That's your 1-11. to 11. Who's on the bench? You've got three subs, Mick. First up. Right, the 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 the. the the subs, I've gone from one of each. So I've got a defender, I've got a midfield player, and I've got a striker. Now, this is very, this is very, very random because, 
you know, you're just trying to. Right. So I'm going to I'm going to do it in reverse order. I'm going to go with my strikers. And again, I, you know, there's one or two. But I, I have to say, I think, again, going back to the Woodgate, going back to the Ginola scenario about didn't play enough games. We just didn't have enough of Celeste. And we really, really should have seen more of Celeste because the guy is, again, going back to being a proper person, a proper human being, you know, and, 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 and again, he loves Newcastle. He absolutely lived the dream at St. James's. Um, and Kenny Dalglish, for whatever reasons, decided it, it was time to go. He had to go. He goes to Tottenham. And then, of course, Alan uh, picks up the injury uh, pre-season at Everton. They actually have the audacity to ask Celez to come back. This is a measure of Les Ferdinand that he turns around and he says, no, I'm sorry, I have given my word to Tottenham Hotspur. As much as he loves Newcastle United, he is he is a man of his, of his word. So he has to go to Tottenham, even though by this time, um, Shearer is injured and Newcastle are a bit in the stick uh, in terms of an absence of a, of a centre forward. But that 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 season he had, Celez, and then of course the the ninety five ninety six season again he's an integral part and will always I'm sure he'll always regret uh, like they all did that they just couldn't get over the line. But so so Les, Fer, uh, Les Ferdinand is very definitely my sub striker. The sub-midfield player, again, is an awful lot. Um, uh, there are an awful lot of options, um, left, right and centre. But I'll go back in, in much the same way as as, as Daryl Yanma. I've gone for the foreign contingent because, obviously, over the years, it, it's got an increasingly uh, market that, it, it, that involves players um, from abroad. But this guy... Even though he was French, even though he was foreign, even though his, his language, his English wasn't great initially, he just got it straight away. He got it. You'd see him walking around the town. You'd see him mixing with people. Johan Kabai was an outstanding footballer. I think I've already, I think I've already mentioned um, in recent weeks about Bruno Guimarez and that Bruno Guimarez might be the next, the latest since Kabai, because Kabai for me was the last outstanding midfield player um, that we had. Obviously, prior to that, we had Speedo um, and we had, you know, Rob Lee. But Kabai really ran the show, scored that incredible, I would say it wasn't even an incredible goal. It was just a very telling goal against Manchester United at Old Trafford when, when Alan Pardew wins the game 1-0 and we win it. Old Trafford for the first time since 1743 or whatever it was. Uh, Barraclough and Tudor in 72, was it? Anyway, we've, we, you know, we've, we've gone the best part of 40 years um, and Kabai wins the goal. But it's not about the goal. It's not about the number of goals he scored. It's not even about the number of appearances um, that he made for Newcastle. But Johan Kabai was just a top, top player um, and he would be on my bench as the midfield player. The final one is somebody who could be a midfield player, but could be a defender, could be a right back, could be a left back, could be a centre back. Um, did a man to man job in the Olympic Stadium in Rome and is, you know, when I say that Rob Lee for me is my pound for pound B 
best ever signing in all my time there. My favourite player, uh, pound for pound, in terms of what he's done for the football club, what he's worked for the football club, never, ever been sent off, played something like the best part of 300 and odd games, never, ever let you down, never let you down. Proper player as well, international footballer. I would always, always, even if you'd said to me there are seven in there um, and we had to pick it in any particular order, I would find Aaron Hughes um, a place in the in the bench. I, I almost, almost put him in at right back. I very that's how that's how highly I think of him as a footballer, as a person, and and the fact that he's he's just genuinely, genuinely been a fantastic servant for Newcastle for a long, long time, and then went on to have a fantastic career at Fulham, amongst others. But Aaron Hughes was very close to right back. I could have almost put Aaron Hughes in against Daryl Yan Matt and even the Warren Bartons, even the Stevie Watson. I love Aaron Hughes, but I put him on the bench. So Hughes, Kabai and Ferdinand are my subs. Okay, uh, so the team is picked. Uh, who is going to manage this team, Mick? <laughs> Again, I mean, there's a there's a part of me thinks, is it difficult? Isn't it difficult? Is it absolute stonewall? Or do we think about this? Or do we think about that? But no, you don't. It's a bit. It's a bit like, is there another option to to Rob Lee? No. Is there another option to speed out? No. Does Shearer and Beardsley always play? Of course they always play. Does Ginola always play? I think he probably does. Does Nobby play? Of course Nobby has to play. Does the manager have to be Keegan? Of course the manager has to be Keegan. The guy is is just, I mean, um, again, going back to the, 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 the words about Bobby Moore and Alan Shearer, um, the thing about Keegan is uh, I, my, my favourite statement and my favourite saying about Kevin Keegan is uh, on that night, on that day, on that day, on that morning at, at, at the breweries um, back in the day in in, in nineteen ninety two, and I always obsessed with this. He changed my life. I think he changed your life. I think he changed every Newcastle United fans' lives. Honestly, I do. He changed my life, Steve. He did. I, I I decided to come to Newcastle to, to take a job, a bit of a gamble. I was number two at London. I wanted to be number one. I wanted to be the gaffer. I wanted to be the boss. But, you know, Newcastle wasn't great. Sunderland wasn't great. The North East wasn't great. This fella changed my life. And, I, you know, and, and Newcastle fans weren't enjoying their football particularly. Nothing was happening. Within three years, look what he'd done. Look what he'd done. Guy was a genius. The Pied Piper used all the phrases, used all the cliches, but he changed my life. He changed your life. He changed everybody's lives. And he should never, ever be forgotten. Um, yes, going back to, the, to, to, to some of those players who had to leave, who chose to leave, who did this or did that and maybe could have stayed, could have been around longer, whatever. Whatever he choose to do in life, he can, he can choose happily for me to do whatever he wants to do. The guy is an absolute godsend and was a godsend. So my manager, without a shadow of a doubt, is Kevin Keegan. So Newcastle United 11 today from Mick Lowe's was Shea giving in goal, Daryl Yamman at right back, Jose Enrique at left back, 
centre-half pairing of Jonathan Woodgate, Fabrizio Colaccini. Right side of midfield, Nobby Solano. Left side of midfield, David Ginola. In the middle, Rob Lee and Gary Speed. And up top, the legends, Alan Shearer and Peter Beardsley. And on the bench, Aaron Hughes, Johan Kabay and Sir Les Ferdinand. All managed by Kevin Keegan. Mick Lowe's, absolute pleasure to do that with you, mate. And, Thanks and very you. much. Thanks very much for giving up your time. Look no forward worries. to seeing you soon. Take care, mate. Cheers, awesome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.